Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to show number 345 from Engage for Success. I'm Joe Moffitt and I'll be hosting today's show. And for the next half hour, we're going to be exploring the topic of team morale, um, something that's obviously very important, particularly always important, but especially so at this moment. Um, and to help us explore that topic and navigate it in a little bit more depth, um, I'm very pleased to welcome this week's guest, Nick Marks. Nick is founder and CEO of an organization called Friday Pulse um, and will no doubt be telling us a little bit about that in in a moment. So welcome to the show, Nick. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we're going to be talking about how do we, uh, as, as individuals, how do we as organizations, how do we as people managers avoid a big dip in team morale? And um, we're going to be talking generalities um, and principles, but, but I, also, I want to sort of start off by talking very specifically about the current climate that we find ourselves in. Um, but before we turn to that, can you just give our listeners a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Um, what's your background? So I'm a statistician by trade, um, mm -hmm. and most of my career has been spent measuring, well, firstly, health statistics and into quality of life and well-being, and mm -hmm. finally sort of into the realm of happiness as well. But um, And the work I did in well-being was in public policy uh, in a think tank in London. And at that time, I advised the Blair and then the Cameron governments about how they could create national indicators of well-being. Um, right. how, how that would help guide public policy. Right. Okay. Interesting. So I read um, in our little introductory blurb that you are sometimes described as a statistician with a soul, which I really had to practice saying that and get my teeth in because it's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, so tell me, why, why are you um, sometimes known as a statistician with a soul? It was a client who kindly called me that and I sort of it sort of stuck and it's because I have this sort of combination between hard statistical skills and softer people skills I my mother was a family therapist and so I trained as a therapist when I was young as well mm -hmm. and it's sort of how I got into measures of well-being because I was interested in the experience of life when I worked not not very long quite briefly as a therapist but you're interested in helping the client lead a better life mm -hmm. and my statistics mm -hmm. is really the same game is just at a population level uh, or system level. And so they sort of collided over the, over the decades. And right. um, I guess that's, that's sort of, that's sort of why uh, that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm never, I'm not quite sure whether you are a statistician with a soul or statistician with soul. Cause the latter um, suggests that you spend your time sort of singing in, in smoke filled bars and crooning, but I don't think that's quite what you do. Is it? Oh, I wish I could sing. Wouldn't it be lovely to have a soul voice? God, that'd be brilliant. No, I can't sing. Um, I think even my children rejected my singing when they were young. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I won't, I won't, um, I won't ask you to sing us out then at six o'clock. Um, so, so you've, you're founder and CEO of Friday Pulse. Tell us a little bit about, about that organization. Yeah. So I, uh, when I sort of started to come out of the policy world, I did a TED talk in 2010 and which sort of, is sort of pretty prestigious. So I, I sort of thought mm. after that, maybe I got a chance to do something slightly different and I, I wanted to keep the same skills and I decided to concentrate on work People spend a lot of time at work, so it seemed very valid to think about how do you make people's lives better at work. And mm. so founded 
development organization originally called happiness works and then mm -hmm. we changed the name to friday pulse a few years ago and what we do is we measure and improve employee experience so we, we look at creating measures of team morale or organizational culture and employee experience and and we seek to help leaders senior leaders and team leaders particularly uh, improve the morale the, the culture of their teams and organizations mm -hmm. and and so the team could be the entire organizational team or it can be within a, a smaller team within a business yes um i think that what i think is that teams are sort of a hidden power in organization that they are a positive driver of change in organizations so often a senior leader will say to me oh we've got this and this type of culture but if you look at the data there's lots of microcultures and they're mainly mm -hmm. around the teams and the team leaders so we start very much from the sort of bottom up in the way that we work so we, we do measure uh, by asking people you know how they feel at work uh, and then we, we we group that by team and then obviously we stack the data up in different ways right right okay so so that leads us quite nicely on i mean we whilst this is a general topic about how do we avoid dips in team morale i think we can't um, ignore what is going on in the um, outside world at the moment and of course the fact that an awful lot of people are working in um disparate teams in that they are um you know uh, all around the place and uh, remote teams and so on so um presumably during the current crisis you're still doing your your pulses of of how uh, people are thinking so what's the data telling us at the moment yeah so we we call friday pulse because every friday we ask people how they felt at work this week and the idea is to ask little and often rather than sort of infrequently and in depth which is how most staff surveys work and what the little often gives you is it gives you a fantastic sort of good bad signal whether people's work is going well or not and it gives you time trend data because you're collecting it every week so you know with our client base we've been tracking them for well some of them for three years but uh, you know several organizations lots of organizations right through this period and so we can see the impact of COVID-19 and I've actually never seen such a strong pattern come through our data at a global level I mean we have organizations really? that have setbacks we have teams that have setbacks but never all of our clients all at the same time and and what you get is you get this you know we have a sort of average level of um of weekly experience uh, we work on a naught to 100 scale as the way we present it and the average is pretty much 70 um from mm -hmm. across our clients and, and coming up to the beginning of march it starts to dip and across all of our organizations, it sort of crashes down to 55 and then comes back up again towards 65 over the next weeks, but still below that um, score it was before. But with averages, I mean, you see this big dramatic curve as an average and you see it. But of course, there's really underneath that a thousand different stories about how teams are coping, but they come together mm -hmm. in this in this in this one shape. And so it's 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 a very big effect. It's felt across every client. And yet there is still a lot of variance about how individual teams and people are coping. Right. And this is hot off the press data, isn't it, I believe? Yeah, we're going to release it as a blog article this Friday. Um, the mm -hmm. uh, Well, we're the 11th today as a Monday, aren't we? So that will be the, the 15th. Um, right. So we're going to release it this Friday in, in a blog article. But um, that's the shape of the curve. That's not really much of a secret. <laughs> No, no. It, well, I mean, it's not. It's not much of a secret. It's also. It's also not 
much of a surprise. Um, but what I guess is interesting is the is the the extent to which you've seen it. Um, I mean, it's not a great big surprise, I think, to see that it is it plummeted the way it did. But I, I think it's quite interesting to hear that it has it began to go back up again um, relatively quickly. Would you say would that start yeah, to we go have, back we up have, again? Yeah, we have the week which ended March the 18th, 19th, which is in London when the very strong social distancing all started happening. Actually, lockdown didn't officially start until the next week. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but we'd had the, you know, the possibility to furlough people come then and, and all of that. So um, hmm. so it was quite quite a dramatic week and it actually coincided pretty much the same in the US. You know, the, 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 the weeks are pretty aligned between the UK and the are US. Are they? Are they? Yeah. So what do you put the bounce back up again down to? What what what, what do you think drove that um, from your... Well, there's, your they, and we do actually site. have, in some ways, a problem with our data. And if anyone got furloughed, they drop out of our data set. So we're not capturing ah. their data okay. going on anymore. So we they, And if people got made redundant, we did have two clients that pretty much have disappeared off the radar um, uh-huh. In the sense that, you know, one of them we know is um, in receivership, uh, the other one we're not uh-huh. quite sure. But, but um, you know, so you've got you've got problems like that. that. Actually, some of the people who might be most happy might be out of the data. So there's there's a slight bias that way, but not mainly. I wouldn't say that isn't the main thing. That's at the margins. But I mm. think humans are pretty resilient. Our natural our natural desire is to bounce back. But what we do see is a sort of slight second dip going on, and we're not sure where that's going. And I think there are some issues which are cumulative because we're now like sort of six, eight weeks later, and mm. we haven't got back to where we are before. And I and that's really about a variety of experiences. Like you know, myself personally, I'm quite cosy. You know, I I, I live um, at home. I've got a garden. Uh, I've got a wife who I like living with. <laughs> I think some people mm. are in situations <laughs> where there was someone that they don't like. Um, uh, yeah. And people with very young children have got multiple pressures on them. You know, some of my team have got kids under the age of five, you know, they're not in nursery. They're suddenly mm. having to, you know, homeschool or, or look after them. At least the older kids can look after themselves a bit, but the younger ones can't. So they've mm. got, dram- they've got very big pressures on them. And I think there's this big variety of, of experience going on. Right. Yes. Yes. I think that's that's right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You do this every Friday, so you, it's a little bit of a roller coaster going on. There's a little bit of a roller coaster going on, and it's, it's difficult to know how much noise is in that data. But also, you have to realise that our clients are looking at this data every week, so they don't just measure it and sort of observe it and just think, "Oh, that's what's happening." They're intervening, so they are working actively to build resilience in their organisation. So our clients are almost certainly doing better than the average organization because they've taken such an interest in employee well-being. So what right. I don't know, of course, is what's going on in the general population. I think that it's a curve that people recognize when I show it to them, uh, that, mm. that it's how it feels. But the size of the gap is um, difficult to know. I think some organizations will be will be struggling more. And I think that we will have cumulative effects in terms of team morale. I mean, I, I work in a team do you work in a team too, Joe? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know my team very well. I've worked with them. Probably the newest person's been with us six months, but you know, some of them for eight years, one even for for twelve, fourteen years. So I know some people really, really well. So we've got a whole stock of goodwill between us to work with, mm. and we and so we, we we're powering through. You know, we I can you know 
message uh, you know my colleague Jody and her and me will know instinctively where we are but I think that with teams that one are newer or with people that haven't got that sort of stock of resilience already they're going to start struggling and separating if you're remote and you don't like your boss it gives you an excuse to go pretty quiet uh, mm -hmm. and you know so you can you can you can increase distance with the people that you want to and of course that in some ways might be personally okay but it's likely to start affecting collaboration it's likely to let problems fester rather than be dealt with uh, in a in a in a more um, productive way so I think we're going to you know, because we're likely to have this remote working going on for quite some time for a lot mm -hmm. of people. So um, I, I think the things will be will will keep adding up, and and that's what I mean about this dip in team morale. I think we'll have second and third dips. Uh, we're already certainly talking about that with clients, but as I said, our clients are actively managing that that sort of information. Yes. Yeah. So so that, that's let's let's move on to talk about that then. I mean, so. If an organization listening to this, uh, people within an organization listening to this want to try and prevent further dips or a big dip that they then struggle to come back out of, um, there must be some key learnings that you can share then about what, what, are the, what are those organizations doing right who are doing it right? What are, what are the learnings that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so the, I mean, the first thing that sort of drives team morale, employee happiness, employee well-being is relationships. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> sorry, they're the sort of cornerstone of, 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 our, of our feelings at work, you know, to how well we get on with people. And, I, and when we're remote, we have to be more intentional about that because we're not going to have those sort of water cooler moments where we just bump into people or we look up from our desk and we notice someone looks tense or we notice someone mm -hmm. looks happy about something and we just start asking them questions. And that just happens very naturally when we work in the same space. We have to be more intentional about that. So, you know, a lot of our clients are having, instead of a weekly stand-up, they're having a daily one and they're talking you know, just about how people feel and, and how they are. And, and, you know, I think that people are starting to get more used to it now, though I, I don't think we're really in a situation of new normal, but, but they are starting to. So maybe there's slightly less need to that than there was four, six weeks ago, but still people um, are missing human contact a lot. You know, we, 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 we're very mm -hmm. social creatures, humans. Yes. And so, you know, we, 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 all of us are probably just a little bit more anxious because one about the virus itself or we might be anxious about you know a relative or child or whatever mm -hmm. but um but also we're just missing those sort of those touch points with people you know literal yeah. and just emotional and I, yeah. I think that that's what we have to be careful with at work is we have to make sure that we can have those sort of bits that fit in the side of work the fun bits the laughter um, and they're difficult to reproduce online, I think. And so we have mm. to be very... It's, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's very, very easy, I think, to underestimate the importance. I mean, you talked about water cooler moments, but just those sparks of, of idea generation and innovation and creativity that come from two people being in the same space literally in the same space as sparking ideas off each other and the the, the but the way we the, the sort of emotions that we feel by interacting with with other humans are um are, are very very important to us aren't they they are massively i mean our emotions and our feelings are huge motivators for us uh in life you know i mean 
There's a neuroscientist called Antonio Damasio that I really like his work. He talks about feelings having three big functions, which are they help us monitor our environment. So they give us information about what's going on around us because we feel mm -hmm. something before we understand it. They motivate us to behave in certain ways. And thirdly, they help us adjust our behavior so it fits in with what's going on around us. But that motivate one is very, very critical. And, and as psychologists often talk about the difference between negative and positive emotions. So uh, anger and fear are part of the fight and flight mechanism. And so, you know, perhaps slightly less so now, but, you know, certainly a few weeks ago, a lot of us were really quite frightened and we, we strangers feel frightening to us. And I think we still have that. We go out shopping, we're sort of looking at people, you know, are they infected? I mean, are they going to infect me? And, and that's a horrible thing to think about a stranger. We normally think of people as friendly as like us and we're now starting to see people as others so that there's a there's a sort of problem yeah. there but we, we are predisposed the, to think the best of people aren't we generally generally yeah i mean there mm. are different personality types about that but yes generally and mm. and you know when we, we 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 you know we yeah we tend to tend to sort of if someone smiles at us we tend to trust you know we tend we tend to, we tend to be quite good at doing that but the the fear mechanism is a part of the fight and flight mechanism and it's quite stressful when we feel anxious for a long period of time our body goes into stress mode and um, it's difficult mm. for us to to fully function but the positive emotions are instead of dealing with threats they're actually about helping us create and seize opportunities in the world and, and there was a whole variety of positive emotions from quite low energy ones such as contentment or satisfaction where we're sort of reflecting on what's gone well we're sort of learning our lessons and trying to do them again to ones which are very high energy, like enthusiasm, where we're mobilizing energy to seize an opportunity. But then we've got a whole lot of bonding ones, which are around sort of things like laughter, enjoyment, even into gratitude, where we're building relationships with people. And um, it's those sort of ones that I think are very missing. Um, and also enthusiasm is actually often very, very collective. You know, it's, it's contagious enthusiasm. And we can miss mm -hmm. those bits online. So... And I, I sort of have a rule of thumb, which I think that if we're going to have collaboration online, then I think we need to do it in quite small groups of three or four. Right. And if you go any bigger than that, it's very, very difficult to do. And, and it's partly to do with something called mentalizing, which I, I don't know if you know what that is. But it's, no, no. What's that? It's sort of a pre-empathy state. And it's when we can put we can imagine what the other person is thinking and we can actually only hold two or three other people in mind at any one time. And it's kind of like if you're at a party. Do you remember parties when you met people? This seems a long time no, ago. No, I do remember. I vaguely recall those, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a group of two or three people, three people and you're chatting and a couple of other people join and you're five, pretty much mm. splits into two conversations. You know, you're, someone will start chatting on the side to somebody. And it's because we can't follow it all just literally can't do it with our brain so if we're going to collaborate online i'm not a fan of 12 people in a zoom you know gallery i think it should be three yeah. or four um maybe those three or four should brainstorm their ideas together and then you come together as a bigger group and share those but you need to do a lot of stuff in small groups um mm. if, if it's going to work so you, it's interesting, you're talking about these positive emotions and uh, the things that can be encouraged when, when team morale is high. You, the, the positive emotions that we need to encourage at work are ones that it, we've got to think about how do we do that in a virtual environment for, for those people who, have, who are working remotely. So 
does this call for a different skill set in terms of people managers and line managers? Have they got to really work their emotional intelligence to be able to, to do these things effectively? I think that if if you were a good people manager, people leader before, you'll be able to do this. You just have to do more mm -hmm. of it. I think that right. you know, it might move from being 10% of your job to 25% of your job in the sense uh -huh. that you know, we, we, you're going to have to have more one-to-ones with people checking in how they are, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but I, yes, I think you'll still that's do a it. Very, sorry to interrupt. That's a very interesting, important point, I think, isn't it? That when you've got a, you were talking about, you know, the Zoom gallery, and you've got the Zoom gallery of 12, 15 people, even, even a team of half a dozen, and you're trying to find out how they all are in that environment, one person is not going to be the one person to stand up and say, well, actually, I'm really not feeling it at the moment you, you you do as a people manager need to have more one-to-ones don't you because that's really the only way that you're going to uncover what's really going on with an individual I think so I think I think you can still build the psychological safety that people like Amy Edmondson talk about I think you've still got those things about you know sharing your own vulnerability as a leader saying you know I mm -hmm. we have this zoom meeting every morning at at 9am and whoever wants to on my team comes we normally have between six and ten of us on it and one morning I was in a particular grump <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I shared it and you know what it was so lovely everyone cheered me up and um you know so I, I think you have to give permission for people to say that you know we've had yeah. I've had team members take a week off over the last couple of weeks because they've got young children and although they can't go on holiday they you know they had a as, a, as one called it a staycation stayed at home and you know, she baked yeah. with a three-year-old and did all sorts of fun things, and she's come back a lot chirpier. So um, I think that people need to sort of be sharing how they are. But when we mm -hmm. when we go to that large number, I, I time share. I basically will say, and what do you think, Clive? What do you think, Nicola? What do you think, Jody? You know, and go round and ask them, give them time to say something, but actually name yeah. them and bring them in. So I'm being much more facilitative than I would be in a room, you know, if we're doing it sort of, uh, standing up in the office right yes yes you actually make a point of singling people out and under and yeah. talking to them in, individually um yeah absolutely okay so what what else what else is good practice that people can and should be uh making sure that they're doing to to avoid this dip in in team morale well as a statistician i'm going to say you should measure it <laughs> um I, right. by that i mean very very lightly you ask people you know if you're a team leader and and you know you, don't have the possibility to do this you know formally then you know i think checking on people every week and asking them how their week is and you know sort of even asking them to rank it uh because mm -hmm. you know we are going to be up and down and actually it's actually noticing that this week is better than last or worse than last is helpful um mm -hmm. and of course uh, you know something i created earlier called friday pulse does all of that for you but um but um yeah. but but it, you know it, it is that checking in but i think the other thing is keeping reminding people of the sort of the why we do this work, you know, it, it, it's quite easy to get, I think when, we, I, I think I find it easier to just focus a bit more, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this. And, and actually that inspiring bit that you need to do as a leader where you are not just reminding for the sake of it, any cynical sense, but you're, in, you're, you're, you're trying to energize people that, you know, this is what we're trying to achieve. This is why we're doing it. These are our goals. Look, remember, you know, remember our key mission, you know, that we're doing and, mm. and, and bring that all back into the weekly work because people are now not in the office. They're not coming into that environment where they feel like they're changing environment. They're coming 
literally out of their kitchen and you know or still in their yes. kitchen you know and and sort of you know and so reminding about that and bringing that into people's work so you know we we do that mm-hmm. we, we've always done it formally once a month and we've I probably every fortnight I sort of have a little session half hour session on where we're going to and what we're doing and and it and 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 I think people always feel better after that you know oh, yeah this is why I do this you know and um so so I think that's bringing that bit in it so the connect and inspire parts are both there. So it's very much um, about being um, reinforcing the organisational purpose. You know why we, why we're getting out of bed in the morning. Why I'm why I'm figuratively, albeit not necessarily literally, going to work. Um, this is why we're doing it. So it's interesting actually because yeah. so much of what you're talking about plays to the four enablers that engage the success as identified of, a, of an engaged workforce. Um, and, and I'm not at all surprised. I mean, it'd be, I'd be very surprised if what you're saying didn't. Um, but yeah, the purpose is a is a key thing, isn't it? And um, treating people as individuals and, and, and recognising them for that is, is important. Um, we've got five minutes left, Nick. Um, and I I think there are You've, you've touched on the sort of inspiring bit there in terms of the, the purpose and, you know, what the, what the organization is there for. Um, there are some other drivers that, that you believe are very important that, that drive people's experience and happiness at work. I wonder if you could just touch on what those are briefly. Yeah, we talk about there being five big drivers. So Connect, which I've talked about uh, mm-hmm. and Inspire, two of them, but the way we list them is Connect and then Be Fair, which is about, mm-hmm as you started saying, recognizing, respecting, respecting boundaries. Um, and boundaries are a particularly difficult issue for people at the moment, you know, in that, you know, that their boundaries have all disappeared for some people. So, uh, but respecting yes. that there's difference really and difference in all sorts of ways, you know, gender, ethnicity, whether you've got children, all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's that. The, the, the middle one is empower, which is really, mm-hmm. Daniel Pink would call it autonomy, but it's about, enabling people to be themselves to shape the decisions that affect them it's delegation it's you know uh, job control would be an old-fashioned word for it but you know that's mm-hmm. really what that's about the fourth is mm-hmm. challenge which is about learning right. uh, about creativity key key part of that is feedback and ensuring that people give and receive feedback um, well and respectfully and intentionally um, and then the fifth mm-hmm. is inspire so so the five together, we say, connect, be fair, empower, challenge, inspire. And they're all right. evidence-based. You know, we have psychometrics around them. We, we not only do this weekly measure of how people feel, we also every quarter do it, what we call a culture profile, which is three questions on each of those five uh, topics. And that helps organizations understand the sort of more systemic issues going in uh, on in the organization mm-hmm. to complement that sort of very speedy uh, sort of up and down of weekly well-being. Right, right. And and have you got? I mean, if we if we were to put a crystal ball in front of you, um, in the in the sort of three minutes that we've got remaining, Nick, um, how do you see this curve that you've identified? Um, you know, how do you see the next few months panning out, and what's going to impact that? Do you think? I think that ultimately. People in work who work well together will get back to where they were. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think there's going to be some big things where the, you know, we've always talked about remote working happening more. I think that's just got accelerated massively. People aren't going to suddenly go back to big offices for a long time. Yeah. And they probably won't want to. I mean, the commute is the least happy part of the day. So a lot of people are going to be very happy to get rid of that. 
so um i think i think some will bounce back some businesses are, are going to actually just unravel i think you know like mm. we see difference in national political leaders some are doing really well some who shall remain nameless uh probably doing less well um and you know and there's some unraveling going on um um over the atlantic so you know i, I think i think leadership will be exposed will be exposed people and that will happen at a top of an organization and in team level i think and and so there will be some some needing to rejig things but that's and that's really the dip you have to watch for in team morale um and I, I, and the only way i know is that a statistician is by is by consistently and persistently gathering very simple data and keeping an eye on that monitoring it measuring it tracking it uh, observing the trends in, in yeah i mean i think i think you're right i think what this has done is is exposed the cracks and widened the cracks where they where they are where there are cracks in people's abilities or organizational approaches um and it has highlighted the best of us um kind of risen to the top haven't they really in 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 recent weeks and i i think perhaps that's a a trend that will only um only continue so one thing um if you wanted people to take away from from having listened to this for the last half hour what would it be nick measure i guess well, measure, yeah, and actually, as part of our sort of reaction to COVID-19, we're actually offering Friday Pulse for free for any organisation up to a thousand people, so you can just try it and see whether it works for you. But then the other okay. one really is is that connect, is is staying in contact with people. That's the most human Righty. important thing to do. Okay, lovely. And if people want to find out the data, um, then they visit your website at the end of the week, where there'll be a blog. I'm imagining, yeah. Yeah, FridayPulse.com, and then there's an insights page. And uh, if you sign up to our newsletter, you'll get it too. Lovely. Okay, that's great. We've run out of time. So Nick Marks, uh, founder and CEO of Friday Pulse, thank you very much for sharing your views about how we can avoid a big dip in team morale. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.